Hello there, you're very welcome to Purple Psychology Podcast. You're here with Melanie Hoskin and of course Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Hi Nisha. Hello. Um, this is episode 50 and we're talking about or we're asking what is the point of education? So Nisha, <laughs> what's the point of education? I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about this one recently. Um, I think because I'm described as an educationalist, but I don't seem to care about anything that seems to define education, like homework, uh, the curriculum. The curriculum's really relevant for me. It's just it's just content. It's what you do with it. Um, I don't seem to care about tests. They don't seem to measure anything. Um, I kind of feel that it doesn't matter how far you go up the scale in education, that it's all kind of being devalued because people seem to have to get higher and higher qualifications and jump through more and more hoops at each level. Um, Like even going as far as PhD level, it's not good enough now to have just done a piece of PhD research. You actually have to have published papers from your thesis. You know, so we're constantly moving the goalposts for people. Hmm. And it just, I just... I suppose I'm thinking, like, what do I really care about? And I realise that what I care about is people understanding who they are and being able to express themselves. And they don't seem to to have those skills. And I suppose I've been looking a lot, um, because I read a lot of biographies, I've been looking at a lot of famous people's journeys. Mm. And it's quite shocking, like, if you type into Google... Um, what successful people didn't go to school or didn't finish school. And, you know, when you have everybody from Abraham Lincoln, Charles Dickens, Thomas Edison, um, Alexander McQueen, um, you know, we have this spectrum of people. Um, Tracy M also dropped out of school. You know, so when you have this spectrum of people who all didn't go to school and all are amazing, and then you have people like... Beatrix Potter is quoted on saying, thank God I didn't go to school because it would have rubbed out some of the originality. Mm. And then I also listened to Agatha Christie's biography, which I was quite fascinated because her mother was quite kind of, uh, I suppose she would have been seen as being flaky, but she was quite entertaining in a way Mm. because she realised that she had to challenge her kid. And so the, the norm at that time was to get her governess. And girls weren't really educated um, so much but she realised that she had this kid that she needed to keep entertained and so she got her a French governess first of all so that she would learn French and then she decided that no no she'd send her off to school in Paris and then she decided that after a while that that school wasn't quite right so she pulled her out and put her into another one and so there was this constant chopping and changing but as she said herself like it meant that she could just try things and mm. so she continued that pattern in life because when she got married the second time when she was 40 she actually went off and learned how to be a photographer mm. so that she could go off to the archaeological digs um, with her husband and take photographs of the artefacts that she would actually have a role on the digs. Um, and of course, she was very into surrealistic artistic photography and he wanted very exact photography. And she always thought that the ruler <laughs> spoiled the effect, like, you know, but they needed the scale. So, you know, so it was quite funny. But, but it did give her this sense of lifelong learning that we mm. strive for. Mm. And I could see that in her um, in the experiences. And the reason that she was so drawn to Egypt and that sort of thing was because she'd gone mm. over to Egypt at 17. Mm. Again, her mother decided that because her father passed away, they didn't have the finances as a family for the conventional coming out season in London. And so she realised that most people went to Egypt for the winter. 
So she had her enroll in dance classes, learn how to dance, so that she could go over and learn learn the, basically the politics of a dance card, where you kind of have to fill it up enough, but keep slots for the ones that you were your favourites. It was a, there's, there's an art form to it, like. Mm. And but she got to mix with the sort of people that you, mm. she would have mixed with in London, but just in a different way, in a mm. different continent. Um, so like it, it's quite extraordinary to look at these people's lives and look at the freedom. Um, Jane Goodall is another great example. She did go to school and she always had a fascination for animals. But she never went to university. She went straight out to work. And then her observational data was so good that they presented her with a PhD, having never actually had a degree. Mm. Um, so it, it just, I kind of feel like we're... I don't know. This is the big debate for me, really. I don't know if we've lost the opportunities out of society for people to take those routes and do those things. Yeah. But... I think that people feel that we've lost those opportunities and so people are not brave enough now to just not fit into the mould. I still think that if you do what you're good at, you do what you love and you do it with the most amount of passion that you can, that you will always find yourself a role and find, mm. and find your way through, regardless of what your grades are. Mm. Or, or what area you originally studied or what you originally did. And I suppose I'm, I'm a classic example of that because I studied science and I studied oceanography and my passion's always been education. Mm. Um, and that probably doesn't make a lot of sense to people. I have got all the research skills um, and I do think in that analytical way, but I did have a big debate in school between doing art and physics. And I chose physics because I could do art as a hobby. So I've always mm. been that kind of split personality between being creative mm. and being scientific. Yeah, it, it, it raises really big questions for me when I look at all these famous people and I look at how worried everybody is at the moment. Mm. But in, t in terms of um, society and in, in terms of channels, success, what people perceive as success... Um, they're told they have to have a degree. Kids, kids think to themselves now um, that we have to go to college. It, there is no other option but to have that ticket, which is a degree of some some sort, to even to fall back on. Even kids who are have much different ta talents that they're not academic, that they still feel that they need these degrees to fall back on and then I'll try my entrepreneurial stuff uh, once I have this, this yeah, ticket. I, I find it a bit tragic um, when I work with a lot of people who are very creative like in terms of music, arts, um, uh, film, animation, photography, writing, you know, mm. there's a whole spectrum mm. of people there and they quite often drop out of school because, and this is an interesting contrast actually, this is a contrast between working in Ireland and working in America. So a lot of those people will drop out of school in Ireland because they don't actually have enough time to do the thing that they're really passionate about within the school system. Um, and that's, we, we don't have an arts academy like they do in the UK and Ireland, mm. which is a real shame. And so you can't leave at 16 and do what you're really passionate about. Mm. Um, so a lot of them drop out of school because they don't get to do what they're passionate about and then they don't feel they do well at all the other things okay. and there still is alternative routes to all their passion like and which I find for them but what happens in the states is those people are similarly unhappy and we have this idea that they have this really diverse education and that you know it should be a lot better and it's a lot broader and there's a lot more development in it but they get to do a little bit more of the thing that they're passionate about so they mm. usually stay going to school yeah and they're still not any happier mm. because they're still having to tick all the other boxes um, mm. and still feel 
that what they're passionate about is not good enough mm. or is not successful enough. So yeah, so it's 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 a real it's a real tragedy for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I I I don't have the answers, but we're really not getting it right at the moment. What do you think we need to do? What could could we do? Um, uh, that would help to steer us more towards what, what you would consider getting it right? I think people being brave enough to be themselves, but I think also we haven't got any... I realise we don't have any mechanism within the system for actually looking at who people are mm. and helping them to understand who they are. And I suppose that's essentially what I do, mm. um, and that's the role that I play for a lot of parents and then there's the mechanism and all the alternative routes to get there. There's far too much emphasis on things, on you fitting into um, some sort of arbitrary scale, which doesn't mm. suit everybody. Mm. There's sort of pros and cons, but I think the systems with less subjects at a certain stage are, are easier on people and better. Mm. Um, I think those students are happier. There's mm. definitely a correlation between happiness and doing more things that you're interested in than doing less things that you don't like. Yeah. Right? And there's a huge amount of pressure in the amount of subjects that we do in Ireland, which seems a bit crazy. And I've done both the Irish system and the UK system. Mm. So I've, I've, done, I've done both routes. And I was certainly a lot happier to just do sciences yeah. than trying to squash in German and Irish and English and all the other things. Mm. Um, I think it's, but then I, I, I did enjoy English. I just hated the exam. So it's a shame that we don't get to do more diverse subjects and not have to sit them as exams. So maybe that's the compromise. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it's the fact that you should only sit exams in what you actually want to go and do and what you need. Mm. Um, but then we'd have to help people to understand who they are. And most people don't understand who they are. Um, and then there's the fact of just actually being brave enough to think that you should just go and do what you're good at. Which would require an awful lot of confidence it would just require positivity and um people belief i think i think sometimes i feel like i'm the first person who believes in whoever i meet and how, how do how does somebody um shift themselves onto that channel how do they uh, go from the listening to people telling them what they should be doing and well this is the funny one because there's a there's a campaign at the moment i can't remember what it's called i think it's called thank your teacher Mm. And also, if you look at any of the the education people who are kind of being held up, like I showed you the, a letter that was written to mm. an autistic a yeah. child in the States by a teacher. And all the things that that those stories have in common is, is that there was some teacher that they met who believed in them and encouraged them. Mm. And we all remember those people. They, they all stand out to us. And if, I, if I sit in the pub, like, and I say to them, you know, so who was, who was your favourite teacher and, and why did you like them and so on? And it mm. will always come out. Mm. There will always be this sense of belief. And I suppose we need more of that. Mm. that that's the simple answer. And I, I wonder, do parents, say, who um, didn't um, get a degree or, or, or didn't go to college, do they want this so much for their children? That they, they that it becomes a you know an absolute rather than you'll have choices when you get to that stage. Yeah, I I just think that so many people are are afraid to step out. Like like there's a lot of a lot of points where people could leave school at sixteen and and they're actually perfectly legally entitled to do that. And they could go out and work their way up in jobs, or they could join trades, or they could do whatever. Everyone's afraid to do that now. Mm. And, I, and I find that a shame. Like, 
there's a lot of personalities where actually going out into the workplace and earning their own money. And, and this comes back around too, because then there's, I did a huge amount of work experience and I had a huge amount of part-time jobs type things along the mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how few people have those now. Mm -hmm. And that has a really big impact as well. Mm -hmm. Or how involved they are in organisations and, and having um, just someone outside believe in them mm -hmm. and give them a sense of responsibility in a position and all those things, like they really matter. And so much of that now is being shelved as well so that people spend more hours studying mm. um, and mm. and then they they come out the other side of study and they hardly ever they well besides the cv they don't have the experience mm. and i and, and those experiences really add up and of course mm. they give you a sense too of who you are they give you a sense of what you enjoy and what you love yeah and it's yeah. almost like we we only do work experience now for like two weeks and yeah. in one year in school and that's yeah. not really enough yeah that's not a whole summer yeah and even kind of uh, i mean you know, children that might have an entrepreneurial mindset and wanting to leave school. And you talk about kids leaving school at 16, which they are legally um, um, allowed to do. Mm. Um, but, but even the terminology around that would be people would be saying that um, they dropped out of school. So you've dropped out of something, but you've actually left a system that isn't suiting you and... Yeah, and, and the other one that I find really, really sad, um, which I pick up on, is people who, who maybe have continued maybe to uh, fourth, fifth or sixth year, mm. and um, they drop out at those stages, mm. and they're always carrying along with them that they dropped out. Mm. And qu quite a lot of them have actually not done anything with their lives. Mm. They've not had a part-time job. They've uh, not had any sort of career. Uh, they've not done any sort of course, they've not gone back and looked at the options of going to college and mature students. Mm. Um, and quite often people who do drop out of school will continue to try courses and drop out of courses as well. So it's a, it's a pattern that, in, in, that just keeps going. And um, self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, yeah, and, of and, failure. And, and I find that sad because mm. so what if you didn't do well in, in eight subjects and mm. leaving sort of half of which you probably weren't interested in or didn't like mm -hmm. and, or, or weren't geared towards doing well in? And so what if you took the wrong course the first time in college and you didn't fit mm. with that? Mm. You know, people don't move on and mm. they, they carry this with them because mm. it doesn't fit to our, our, basically our model of education from the time they start. Mm. It doesn't fit like, it's almost like as if you decide at the moment at the age of five whether or not, well, probably not quite five, I think they, they get spelling, still seven maybe. Mm. But it's like you decide at seven whether or not you're going to be good in education based on how many spellings you got right. Mm. And you carry that with you the whole time, mm. Mm. which is a bit crazy. Mm. In terms of people who, um, students or even adults, um, uh, who have felt that th th their passion has passed them, they've, um, you know, made, made different choices... Say they were to draw a line in the sand and beyond that line being to move forward. What, what would you suggest that somebody would do if they, if they find that um, education hasn't really uh, floated their boat so much? Yeah, well, that's, um, that's basically I have a four-hour program that I work with adults and it's about exploring all of that. And it's a lot to mm. do with um, 
saying things that you've never said to anybody before and all the the, 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 the dreams you have that you never dare to say out loud. Mm. Um, but it's also taking stock of the journey and the experience map that you do have to date and all the things that you've learned along the way mm. and what those really mean and, and how they go with your personality. We're back to that again. Mm. And, um, and what you can really do with it all. I suppose laying it all out and laying out a roadmap for people. So there is, like, mm. there's a programme I do with people with that, essentially. Mm. And it's where people, they always say to me on the phone that they're at a crossroads in their lives. Okay. And there's lots of reasons why they end up at those crossroads. And that's a four-hour course. Yes, yeah. yeah. So how do you deliver that? <laughs> <laughs> with them individually, and they, they usually feel like, well... They, a lot of them say that you know that they haven't had that much time for reflection. There's a mm. whole process, a whole series of exercises they take people through. They usually leave energized. I usually need a blood transfusion, but it's <laughs> <laughs> a big sort of energy transfer. They're really excited about all the possibilities and all the things that can happen. And so I suppose they get to to figure out then what the point of education is. Yeah, for, yeah, I suppose, I suppose they do. And and sometimes there is a point to going back and learning something that you need. And mm. like I do, that is sort of the point of education, I suppose, is learning mm. skills that you need. Mm. But I suppose we just don't have enough emphasis on the skills at the moment mm. or the individual. Um, I, I think those are the biggest aspects of them. And then sometimes when we become obsessed with the the skills, like we decide everyone wants to do well in the group work. And I'll finish up on this one because this has come up a lot in the States at the moment. Mm. And there's a big wave of people um, talking about introversion because there's a big push for everybody in the class to participate and for there to be group work and for everyone to have an opinion. And so there's a huge pressure and a huge level of anxiety on students who don't want to do that. And some students, it's not that they won't step out and have an opinion, but they don't have the think time or the space to decide what they're going to say. And they feel hugely anxious sitting there and waiting to be picked on mm. because there's a real sense of being graded on your actual participation in the class. Mm. So even when we do become obsessed with skills, we become obsessed with grading them. Yeah, yeah. And that has new pressures. Okay. We're going to leave it there, Nisha. Um, this was the Purple Psychology Podcast. You're here with Melanie Oskin and Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.